As the title says, buckle up. EM Bounds came loaded for bear today. Read this and then read it again, and now I'd like to share it with you. Chapter 5, Purpose in Prayer by EM Bounds. Let's begin. A bird's eye view of what has been accomplished by prayer shows what we lost when the dispensation of real prayer was substituted with pharisaical pretense and sham. It shows, too, how imperative is the need for holy men and women who will give themselves to earnest, Christ-like praying. Monks, in general, have spoken ill of prayer, and they have substituted superstition for praying and hypocritical ceremonies and routines for a holy life. And so, those who have been thought to live holy and pious lives have turned out to be poor examples to the rest of believers. We are all in danger of substituting church work and a ceaseless round of showy activities for prayer and holy living. A holy life, now get this friend, a holy life does not live in the closet, but it cannot live without the prayer closet. I'll say it one more time. A holy life does not live in the closet, but it cannot live without the prayer closet. If, by any chance, a person should establish a prayer chamber but not have an accompanying holy life, it would be a chamber without the presence of God in it. The burden of the apostolic effort and the keynote of apostolic success is this. Put the saints everywhere to the task of praying. The gospel moves with slow and timid pace when the saints are not at their prayers early and late and long. Jesus Christ strove to put the saints to this task in the days of his personal ministry. He was moved with infinite compassion at seeing the ripened fields of earth perishing for lack of labors. You can read that in Matthew 9, 37 and 38. And pausing in his own praying, he tried to awaken the sleeping sensibilities of his disciples to the duty of prayer as he charged them. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And he spake a parable unto them to this end in Luke 18.1, that men ought always to pray. Before Pentecost, the apostles could get only glimpses of this great importance of prayer, but... When the Spirit came and filled them on Pentecost, prayer was elevated to its vital and all-commanding position in the gospel of Christ. Now the call of prayer to every saint is the Spirit's loudest and most urgent call. And here we go. Mr. Bounds goes for the throat. Where are the Christ-like leaders who can teach the modern saints how to pray? Where are the leaders who will put them to the task? Do our leaders know we are raising up a prayerless set of saints? Where are the apostolic leaders who can put God's people to praying? Let them come to the front and do the work, and it will be the greatest work that can be done. An increase of educational facilities and a great increase of financial support will be the most disastrous curse to religion if these things are not sanctified by more and better praying than we are doing. And more praying will not just happen. We are a generation of non-praying saints who, like beggars, have neither the ardor, the fervor, nor the beauty, nor the power of saints. 
Who will restore this branch? John 15, 2 through 5, for more context there. We greatly need someone who can set the saints to this business of praying. And the one who can set the church to praying will be the greatest of all the reformers and apostles. The campaign for the 20th or 30th century will not help our praying, but it will hinder it if we are not careful. Nothing but a specific effort from a praying leadership will avail. None but praying leaders can have praying followers. Praying apostles will beget praying saints. A praying pulpit will beget praying pews. Holy men have, in the past, changed the whole force of affairs. They have revolutionized character and country by prayer. And such achievements are still possible for us. The power is only waiting to be used. Prayer is simply the expression of faith. My goal was not to yell at you today, I promise. But I could not help but be personally convicted. What sort of prayer leader am I? I'm not just talking about sitting down at the dinner table. Friend, we must be people of prayer. Ian Bounds, 1835-1913. to He wrote this that long ago, and everything he's saying is even more true today. How sad is that? Let's be people of prayer. I'll close with this a little longer than I'd like to go for the podcast, but if I can't ask you, we are on the cusp of something brand new at Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you'd visit our website, BibleTracksInc.org, and click on tracks in the top right-hand corner, you'll see an option for some decision tracks, some election tracks there. If you select that option, you'll see the design is not even out yet. We're still working on that. But we are, Lord willing, trying to put out hundreds of thousands of a very specific track pointing people to the fact that your decision in 2020 is not about who the president is. It's about who's the king of your life. So if you would, I'd love it if you were to pre-order some of those tracks now. We're trying to get a good count of how many we should actually print in our first initial printing. With a COVID tract, I printed 30,000, and we had orders for over 100,000 before we even received the first 30,000. And so we're trying not to make that same mistake again. Oh, you have a little faith, right? Anyway, thank you so much for your listenership. Have a great day for God's glory. Talk to you soon.